And can you tell us just financially, maybe the prices are different now for caddying, but what amount of money would you even make doing something like this? Welcome everyone to another episode of the Life Money You podcast. I am Bjorn and glad to be with you all. Today we have a special episode with a special guest and it's great timing because if you haven't been watching the news, wow, the golf news has been taken by storm once again. And so we are going to talk a little golf and a little bit of money today. But before we get started, Kelly, I wanted to welcome you to the podcast. Before I have you introduce yourself, I wanted to ask you, do you know why the golf pro that you might be working with tells you to keep your head down during lessons? Why, Bjorn? So you can't see him laughing. And that's so that's true. true. And I feel like my golf pros have probably been laughing on the inside when I've been working with them. But Kelly, welcome to the podcast. So glad to have you. Could you just take a moment to introduce yourself? Yeah. Thank you so much, Bjorn. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. My name is Kelly Scher. I work at BCU as a manager in executive services. And the big reason why I'm here, I think, is that I was an Evans Scholar at Marquette University. And then I graduated from there in 2016. And I have been here at BCU ever since. Awesome. Yeah. So Kelly and I were chatting a few weeks ago and I found out, yeah, that you were an Evans Scholar. If you don't know what the Evans Scholarship Program is, it's for caddies who have done a great job. And I'm going to ask you to explain that to us a little bit more here in a moment. But caddies basically going to college and getting help paying for college. So we got talking about caddying, which we both did growing up and we both love golf. And Kelly, I just we have to take a moment here to acknowledge this crazy news that just happened yesterday, actually, with the PGA and the Live and the DP World Tour coming out and saying that they are merging together under one organization, which is just mind-blowing. Uh, I don't think any of us expected this. Kelly, what is your reaction to this news? First of all, I can't believe that it's happening. And then I wonder like, how it will change the world of golf. The PGA is a 5013C, and so they're not for-profit, but this will turn them into a profitable organization. So hopefully those profits will be able to put back into the growing game of golf and make it even better than it already is. Yeah. I was texted about it by a friend yesterday and I literally thought it was fake. I didn't even look at it right away. I was like, okay, you're just pulling my leg. And then I saw CNBC and then I went on ESPN and then on USA. I was getting text after text from my fellow golf friends. And it's so amazing that the PGA can shame <laughs> the live tour and the Saudi Arabia money and just all these things so much. And then just a few months later, <laughs> essentially partner and take the money. <laughs> and it's hard to not look at this as just a big money grab. But I watched a little bit of the, the interview between Jay and then the guy, can't remember his name, who leads the public investment fund in Saudi Arabia. And they were together talking about it and then breaking the news. And then I also watched a little bit of Rory McIlroy's, I don't feel like testimony, but interview about this. And he did say, Rory, of course, you'd expect him to be ticked at this since he was just such a proponent of sticking with PGA Tour, not taking these huge paychecks to come over to live. But he said if he takes himself out of it, he can see how in the end and for the future of golf, 
this is probably for the better, but you could tell that he was still pretty ticked off overall with how this all went down. And anyways, very interesting news. I totally agree with you and we'll see where that goes. But we bring up this, this topic, we are coming together today to talk about uh, our love for golf and our love for caddying. And Kelly, I would just love to ask you, could you just tell us your story here a little bit about how you got into golf, how you got into caddying, I believe, and what did that all lead to? And walk us through it. Yeah. So my parents sent me down at a very early age and they were very upfront with me. They were like, listen, you are smart enough. You should go to college. You should do anything you want to do, but we don't have money to send you. So we have two options that we think would be good avenues for you. And we're going to try them both. <laughs> so the <laughs> first one was to get into golf. I don't know what the statistic is now, but back then there were so many girls golf scholarships for college that went unused every year. So they were like, you're going to try it and see how it goes. I played all through high school. I loved the game of golf. Regardless, I didn't get a golf scholarship to play, but I love it. And that's one of the best things my parents ever could have helped me do. And then the other avenue, which was the one that worked out, was that I was going to caddy. And through that, I got a full housing and academic scholarship to Marquette University through the WGA Evans Scholars Foundation. Wow, that's incredible. So I love how they gave you two options. They gave you that limited choice and they were savvy enough, it sounds like, to see that there was real chances here, at least in the golf space. So like, how old were you and did they golf, I'm assuming? And did you have openings to go play or did they do lessons or what? Tell me about more about that. Yeah. So my dad golfed just as recreational and loves it, but they bought me a set of clubs and I joined a league when I was maybe 11 or 12. They dropped me off. I had never played before. And oh, man. that's how I learned. I played with other young golfers. It was a great experience to learn from other kids. I had lessons here and there, but really it was just being on the course, learning from other players, learning from friends. And it was such a strong part of my growing up. And to to be really dedicated to something like that. It was just a really unique experience that until high school, at least where I went to school, they didn't have like grade school golf teams or anything like that. So it truly was a passionate dedication outside of school. So that was how I got into actually playing golf. And then the caddying, we have a family friend who got an Evan scholarship when one of my dad's sister's friends. So they had known about this. And then it's, friend of a friend was a member at Knollwood here in Lake Forest. And they sponsored me to get into the caddy program when I was 14. Nice. Wow. 14 years old, you're doing caddying. So I obviously want to spend most of our time, you're talking about caddying, what that was like. But one thing that we've talked about a lot on the podcast, if you've listened to any episodes out there, you know that golf and money have some similarities. It's something that most people don't grow up learning about. It takes some practice to do well at it, and and it can be really fun. And you need money to play golf, too. So it's, it's an interesting connection. I guess as you think about that, as you think about golf and, I guess, finances, have you ever thought about any other connections between those two or maybe even how things you learned golf that you could apply to your own finances? I think it's something that you definitely have to be persistent with and something that you 
need to pay attention to, and you have to always be willing to learn more. And that applies to both golf and finances. And something that I think is really cool is caddying taught me how to talk to people. And so did the game of golf. I was playing with kids I didn't know. Even in high school, you're matched up against another school and you're with people for two to four hours. So you got to learn how to talk to people and from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life. And that was really amazing. And then the other thing is that some of the people that I caddied for are now uh, people that I work for now. So it's, I feel like a financial caddy, basically. <laughs> Interesting. <I help> people. <laughs> yeah. So that's a wild full circle kind of thing. Totally. I love that financial caddy. Well, that's a cool term. We offer coaching within our program and caddying has definitely a lot of similarities. You know, we probably have some people listening. Maybe they have kids who are looking for summer jobs or thinking about different options. So you sound like you had someone you knew, so you were able to start caddying. But what happens after that? So they get you into the course, then like, do you have training? Do you just like immediately start caddying? What does that all look like? Walk us through it. So every course is a little bit different, and I can only speak to Knollwood's caddy program. But what we did back then was that you you went out with older, experienced caddies and the caddy master, and you caddied for them. So they walked you through a round, and this is very early spring, like really before the course is even open. And you caddy for them. They teach you, you know, how to walk, where to stand. Don't put your shadow anywhere and don't step on anyone's line, stuff like that. How to rake a bunker because there is a correct way. And so that's like your first step once you get in there. And then there's a test. So it goes over like some basic rules of golf and just really how to act on the course. And then once you pass that, then you are a caddy is what we called it. Okay. You are at the bottom of the barrel and it's different now. A lot of courses have where you can like schedule times to caddy so you can see a loop around a golf and you can sign up for it. But back then we just had to wait. So I would sit in the caddy yard for endless hours. It felt like reading a oh, book, man. learning how to play cards. <laughs> So many things. And then you would wait until your till your round came up till you were called called for a loop. Perfect. So it sounds like if you caddy, you can learn how to gamble as well. Is that true? <laughs> That's another benefit benefit of this Maybe whole thing. A little. <laughs> oh man. I never gambled I, money. I only played for fun. <laughs> okay, sure. We can say that publicly and you can tell me the honesty <laughs> later. I do remember that as well. When I was caddying, I remember just sitting around forever and waiting to do that. I actually worked in the bag room at the course that I worked at. And so I didn't caddy all the time. I actually did more like club cleaning and getting bags and all that, getting people set up. But then during the tournaments that came, I had a chance to caddy and get out there. But yeah, tons of sitting around. There were guys playing cards <laughs> and girls too. It was both. So it was just a ton of fun. And can you tell us just financially, maybe the prices are different now for caddying, but what amount of money would you even make doing something like this? If I could go back and encourage myself from that very beginning to not hide in the cart yard and try to not get out and what I would do to go back and make <laughs> that money. Oh, man. <laughs> I learned over the years, but I did not like it very much in the beginning. My, okay. my parents had dropped me off kicking and screaming, basically. But I learned to love it. And if I could go back and do it in the summers now, I would. And even now, too, especially because you can schedule your loop. You're not even waiting there, I think, at most clubs now. 
Oh, so wow. the money is crazy. I think I can say this what I made then. It was yeah. it was like sixty or seventy dollars a bag. And that was like the higher once you moved up your levels in caddying. And I carried two bags. That was allowed at all. Oh wow. Yeah. And then tips were anything you can imagine. Yeah. And tournaments were great because you're caddying for the same person for a couple days. And if they do really well, then you also do really well. It was the amount of money you could make felt infinite at that time. And I had part-time jobs in college. The best money I ever made was in caddying. Nice. It it sounds like just so many different positives coming out of this. And it was hard too. It sounds like at the start, you didn't love it and you were not wanting to get up. But then once you warmed up to it, it was opportunity to have to interact with new people. You're out on a golf course. If you like golf, what a cool thing to be able to do in the summer. It's beautiful, good money. It sounds like you had a base pay and then also some tips that you got on top of that. And obviously money came easier if people played better. <laughs> I can only imagine what that was like. Kelly, I still remember I got to caddy for a few tournaments and I, just like you, I actually ended up just absolutely loving it. Honestly, it would be a super fun, like side gig to have, um, just do some caddy. I love golf. I think that I could be a really good coach because it sounds like there's a component here of coaching. Maybe as you grow as a caddy and helping players, I'm assuming that at a younger age, you're just schlepping the bag a little bit. I don't know how much you were helping read putts or whatever. It was more just stay out of the way. <laughs> exactly. I still remember one time holding the flag stick. And, and my shadow was in the line and being just like reprimanded by one of the golfers in the group, Bjorn, get out of the way. That was an embarrassing moment. There was another time where I was able to tell the golfer, he was actually an aspiring pro. He was playing in some of the lower tours. And so I got to caddy for him and I told him, I think to use driver on a hole and he hit it. He hit a little bit of a slice and he hit it in the water. <laughs> and so he was not happy with me, but. That dude at the end of the round, I still remember this just like vividly. He pulls out his wallet and he literally whips out a wad of $50 bills. I had never seen someone with literally a stack of $50 bills and he handed me one for a tip. You're right. Sometimes the money was crazy because the, the, that, that were members at the clubs, $100 for them was not like $100 for us. Crazy. Really cool though, that you got to have these experiences. Were there any cons of caddying? It sounds like you were nervous at the start, but anything that you didn't like about it as you got into doing it more? Something that I've come to appreciate now, but didn't then, <laughs> you know, dealing with personalities that you just didn't jive with. There were plenty of people that it just, it was a tough round to get through. You're with people for four hours. That's a long time, especially when you're a kid, to be with someone that you're just not getting along with. But usually there was always at least one person in the group that could crack a joke or something that you could make the best of it with. But that would definitely be hard sometimes. And I I felt really lucky because I had some older caddies that kind of took me under their wing and gave me tips and tricks on how to deal with that and when to know my place and to just be quiet. So that was always really helpful. Being able to read people was nice. a skill that I think I gained from yeah, that's a great life skill. And even as you think about the connection to finances, like some of the things you were saying, you learned from people that had gone before you, you had people that kind of mentored you. I think having trusted counselors in your life, financially especially, is just so crucial because they may have gone through that or 
They just may have a different perspective. Having like your board of directors is a common concept, that idea. And that's so neat that these skills have translated now into your day job and you're even working with some of the same people. That's so hilarious. How cool is it's that, wild. that you're getting to do that? So now as we think about the Evans Scholarship, can you just tell us like, what is this thing? It sounds cool. Full ride to Marquette. That sounds awesome. Caddying sounds cool. What does it look like? How do you apply for it? Okay, so I will start with a little bit of history. So Charles Chick Evans was an amateur golfer. And in 1916, he won both the U.S. Open and the U.S. Amateur in the same year, which is basically unheard of. Only I think one other person has done it since then. And he wanted to remain an amateur golfer and not become a professional. So to do so, he decided to put his the proceeds from his winnings into an escrow fund. And then his mom had the brilliant idea. She suggested to him that, because he was a caddy too, that there were plenty of caddies out there that had the financial need that weren't able to go to college. So he asked the Western Golf Association to oversee this fund. And in, I think it's 1930, the first two Evans scholarships were awarded. And oh, wow. it is just blossomed from there now they have i think it's they awarded 325 this year almost 12,000 alumni there's a 95 percent graduation rate it's just amazing what this has blossomed into and there's 24 evan scholar chapters throughout the country coast to coast now so wow. it's just grown into this amazing program and to qualify you have to have a strong caddy record that's number one you have to have the financial need, great academics, and then be like a strong community pillar. Okay. So those are the main requirements to apply for the scholarship. Wow. That sounds like an amazing program. The fact that, A, that it's been around for almost 100 years. That's incredible. Um, I was actually talking with my father-in-law about this, and he grew up in Gulf, Illinois, pretty close to where y'all are. Yes. And he he was at the other course in town that is not the Chick Evans course, but now the course is there. And even he, when he was a child, was a caddy, knew about this program, tried to become a caddy, I think, for one of the Western Gulf events that Chick Evans was a part of. And it just has such a rich history. And 325, are they all full rides? They are. So it's a full academic, full housing scholarship. And oh, goodness. some of the universities, like Notre Dame, for example, they're not allowed to have like a chapter house. Um, so they have a special wing in a dorm, I think. But most of the universities have their own house. And when I say a house, like the one at Marquette, we had 65 to 70 individuals living in there. So it's really like a small dorm, but it's a big sense of community. It's nice where you can go and everyone comes from different backgrounds, but you have caddying in common and the scholarship in common. So for me, it just felt like a really nice second home or home away from home while I was at school. Wow. So does Ev the Evans Scholarship Group, have they built these houses? Do they work with the universities and stand these up essentially to house their scholarship winners? Exactly. Yes. Okay. Wow. That's crazy. That's so cool. And you told us a little bit about like the requirements. So walk us through like how you applied. I mean, you sounded like you knew about this because you had a friend, but was this on your radar right away when you were caddying or did this become more on your radar as you started to hear more about it? And then what'd you do to apply and ultimately get it? So when I started at 14, it was like in the back of my mind or more so in my parents' minds, maybe. Sure, of course. Um, yeah. 
But as I got further along through high school, you start talking to people about it. They start talking to you about it. Caddy masters are huge in this process. Members are a really big deal in this. I had a couple write letters of recommendation for me. And the process is during your senior year of high school, and in some cases your freshman year of college, you go to WGAESF.org and apply there. There's an application process. And then if you get through the process, there is an interview that's like one of the last steps. And for me, I was one of the very early interviews. And I think COVID has changed this. But you walk in and it was almost like a press conference. There were people, they ask you questions, they interview oh, you, wow. basically. It, <laughs> I loved it. But it's a super nerve-wracking experience because your future is on the line. Yeah. Uh, Wow. But it was really neat to see all of these different people just there and being so excited for all of these young people to get this far in the process and to have this opportunity. It's just everybody there is supportive of you. It's just really cool. Do you know how many people apply for these scholarships and then how many actually get them? I don't know. I feel like okay. it's somewhere like around 800, but okay. I don't know. I'm not sure if it was last year or for this next school year, they awarded 325. Okay. Wow. But you are, you're not guaranteed to get in. And is, it's like an all or nothing sort of thing where if you don't get it, there's no second prize. <laughs> no, but that's where I said that some freshmen in college might apply for it. A lot of times it's people who didn't get it the first round and maybe something changes in their financial situation or their academic, something where, you know, maybe they should get the second shot at it so they can apply again and get it that way. Sure. They give you like a sleeve of logoed golf balls as a second place prize. <laughs> thank you for trying. Here's some teas, a couple thank golf you. balls. <laughs> yeah, thank, thank you. For your interest. I'll lose those next round. Perfect. That's great. Gosh, Kelly, like I'm just sitting here thinking like I have four daughters <laughs> and they love, they, they are starting to like golf, my older ones, but my, my oldest actually she just says she likes to caddy for me because she likes that I tip her. <laughs> but you get me thinking like, holy smokes. Wow, we should really look into this. She's still got a few more years here, but that's intriguing to me. What advice would you give to people like parents that are listening or yeah, just caddies even? People are thinking about caddying to explore this. What are some good steps to take? My husband and I have a one-year-old daughter and I have already made it very clear that she will be caddying when she gets to, to that age. I think regardless <laughs> if you can get the scholarship or not, it is such an amazing job. It's good money. It's outside. It's It can be flexible. And the skills that you get from it are invaluable. The people you meet, the network that you make, and learning about golf, I think that's important a lot of times in the business world. And just being able to learn how to read people, deal with different personalities. It's amazing the opportunity that it provides. I think it's worth it for any young person to get into. That's awesome. You said you were 14, I think, when you started. Do you have to be a certain age minimum to be able to get a caddy job? I think it depends on the club. Okay. Like mine, I actually got the call that I passed the caddy exam on my 14th birthday. Oh, um, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> you're even younger. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think it was the best present then, but I do now. <laughs> but if I think it depends, but around that age, like freshman year of high school around then, I think is when a lot of clubs are open yeah. for young adults. Yeah, you're totally right. Like 
A, what a great summer job, because in most cases, it's only in the summer, at least for those of us in the Midwest. Like you said, it is flexible. You you can do it for those months between school years. When you caddied, did you usually just do one round a day or did you do multiple rounds a day? I usually only did one round a day, but okay. there were plenty of people who did more than that. And then the other thing, too, is I was lucky enough that I went to school only about 50 minutes away to college. So I would come home on the weekends and caddy. And, oh, are you, you serious? Know, wow. Yeah. To get me a little more spending money. Oh, so, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was easy and I loved coming back for it. And two, once you caddy for a while, you might have some regulars, some people who request you. Or I had a wonderful group of gentlemen who went out on every Sunday morning at 730 and they requested me every time. So it was just an easy, guaranteed, fun loop. And that's what I would come home for. It was a great way to spend my Sunday mornings. Yeah. Wow. That's nice to get in like that and have that almost guaranteed. And that's nice for them because then they know the person, they know they're getting. As you got better at caddy, as you got older and had done more, are you helping them like players, like select clubs and read putts and do that? Or are you just serving them, like fixing the bunkers and that kind of stuff? I think that goes into the kind of reading the situation, reading the people. I would always wait until someone asked me for my opinion on reading a putt. But at that point, as you get a little more seasoned, they will ask you and it's good practice. And you can be honest and say, this is what I see, but what are you seeing? Just to, when you're first starting out. And I had a woman once who really had just started playing golf and it was like a women's league. And she was like, honestly, I have no idea what to hit. So I'm going to rely on you the entire time. And that's a little more challenging, but you figure it out as you go and you work together and create this partnership. It's unique. Yeah. I suppose as you get to know the same people and as you get opportunities like that, you have to step up, which is another good life lesson, right? Like you're put on the spot and you have to think about how to teach and train in the moment and coach in some ways. And one other question I was thinking of is just as you look at the profession, even of caddying, there's all these people that are out there on different professional tours that are caddying that you've probably have been to visited different courses where there are caddies. Is this like a viable job for people to have? Can you do this full time or do you know anyone that's doing it full time at all? When I was caddying, there were people that would stay here during the summer, during the warmer months, and then they would go to Florida the Carolinas, somewhere warmer where they had golf play around and they would caddy there throughout the winter. So people definitely do it if you are willing to have that flexibility in your life. I think that it's a great option, especially for a younger person. It's a great way to be out in, this, in the sunshine, to have a job that gets you exercise. It gauges your mind and it is something that can be done full time if you want to. Now, the professional level, I think that's a whole nother ballgame that I really can't speak <laughs> to. But there are people that do it at just a regular club level full time. Yeah, that makes total sense. And I'm sure just like with any sport, with any job, like there's 10 more levels of expertise and time and work. And I'm sure those that are looping for pros have to go through another multiple levels of training and 
I've heard how much they work too. They don't get to live as flashy of a life as their player does for sure. I've seen some of the situations at the courses where they have to stay and they're not that great. But of course, we don't feel too bad for them because if their player does well, they do very well. But I know they get there early, they walk the course, they map stuff out. They play a really important role in a player's life and their success really on the course. I've actually had times on the course where I'm playing with somebody and we'll caddy for each other. And it really does make a difference. It's surprising how much it matters to have somebody to like check in on with on things, whether they're telling you or you're asking or you get two people reading a putt or whatever. But it's always been intriguing to me in the mental part of this game, how much it's helpful to have someone. And it does translate super well to finances, like having someone to bounce ideas off of before you try something that we have got some tools in our program where you can pool, simulate actions before they happen. So helpful because otherwise you might just be guessing and then you have to deal with the consequences of that. So any other like correlations or connections that you have seen in this work? Really what you were saying, having that outside perspective can sometimes just make all the difference communicating with someone else to just see what they're saying and confirming what you're saying, or maybe they have totally a different idea or a different view from you. And then having a conversation about that is really important and really beneficial for both parties, I think. Coming at it that way, that's a big benefit to both golf and finances. Nice. This has been such a great conversation. I feel like anyone who's listening that has a young child that you're looking for a good summer job Caddying sounds like a great job just by itself, whether nothing else happens from it. How cool is that? And then to layer on top of that, the scholarship opportunity, which that's no joke. A full ride is a huge deal. So congratulations on getting that. It's not easy to get and to go to such a great school and get it all taken care of because of caddying. I can't think of a better situation. You had a part-time job that led to a full ride and then you got to keep the part-time job during college. How cool is that? And it's yeah. golf. So that's so cool. Uh, when's your next round of golf happening? Do you have it on the calendar at all? Or do you play much in the summers these days at all? <laughs> I haven't the last couple of years, but I am actually going out next week with my dad. Oh, nice. Hey, Father's Day is coming up. Nice. I like exactly. it. <laughs> Very good. I get to play this Friday, so I'm looking forward to that too. But uh, hey, thanks so much for your time. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Hopefully you got some good practical takeaways here. And I'm already starting to think about the next few years for my kids. Where can we get some caddy jobs? Because that would be a really neat experience. Great job. And who knows where it could lead. So Kelly, appreciate you so much for taking the time to be with us today. And that does it for our next episode here of the Life Money You podcast, where we talk about life and talk a little bit about money. And it's all focused on you and steps you can take. Thanks, everyone, for listening and have a great rest of your day. Thank you.